Brady is pissed off after last week. For now, sure. Now he gets Antonio Brown back. There's no Stephon Gilmore to cover Mike Evans. He has all his weapons. Cover Mike Evans. He has all his weapons. Cover Mike Evans. He has all his weapons. He has all his weapons. He has all his weapons. This is the ATM Midweek Edition, episode 132, where Jackson and I will be quickly recapping week three, making our best bets for week four, playing a game of panic button for some of the NFL's early struggling teams, Mm -hmm. and wrapping it up with our Battle of the Big Cats Thursday night football pick, Jags at Bengals. Let's get into it, Jackson. Week four is upon us. We have a loaded slate this weekend, some excellent matchups. But before we do that, Jackson, recap me through your week three betting card and give me some of your lessons learned from the week. Yeah, I think we could just skip that if you want. Um, it was a pretty pretty forgettable week for me. Another week where the fantasy was a lot better than the betting Five and one in fantasy this week. Six but, and uh, oh, baby. That's it was solid. a great week all that's around. That's solid. <laughs> I had one league that I lost by one point, but that's okay. I'll get over it. Um, bankroll nice. builders, I got killed. Absolutely crushed. Hit my first bet, Titans covering. After that, I missed on the stupid Seahawks. You were right. I had way too much faith in them and Pete Carroll. And then my teaser, I had the Bears and then I had the Ravens. The Ravens gave me a heart attack and almost ruined it. And then the Bears ended up ruining it anyway. So didn't matter. Lost that one, two (laughs) units on it. And then my parlay, I was on it, man. I knew Green Bay was going to beat the 49ers. I was on that money line. The Patriots, though, the Patriots screwed me up and they kind of got their asses kicked by the Saints. And so that's one of my biggest takeaways is maybe the Patriots aren't back. So they got Tom Brady in a primetime game this week. I'm really curious to see how that shakes out. But I mean, back to this game week three, the Saints just controlled it the entire time. And I was hoping for more for Mac Jones. I thought maybe this would be the chance where he opens it up and throws for 300 yards and a couple TDs. But that's a solid defense. It is. But still, the Patriots offense just doesn't seem to be doing much, man. I don't really know what the plan is. I mean, they're not good enough for him to just game manage and let the defense win games. So I don't know. Maybe they stink again this year. And we were wrong about them. And Bill Simmons was really wrong about the Patriots. (laughs) Um, Is that the entirety of the card? What's the bankroll at now? Uh, Yeah, bankroll took a big hit, man. We lost five units. So we came in dead even. We lost half of the bankroll last week, but that is okay because we are getting it all back this week. Walk me through your weekend, and then let's touch on a couple of the matchups that we learned from and get to this week's bets. Okay, so I was up one unit through two weeks. This past week, I swept up 3-0 and on my picks, up five Ooh. and a half units. Ooh. So we're up six and a half on the year. The You're first picking up one, my slack. Yes. My fade the rookies teaser money i had carolina minus two and a half over houston cleveland minus one at home against the bears fun fact rookies are one in ten against the spread through three weeks next next w i had two and a half units on the texans team total under 17 and a half panthers that made you sweat a little bit made you sweat a little bit Eh, sort of nine points i could have scored a touchdown i still would have won that's true that's fair okay and then my dog's 
Monday night, Dallas took care of business, had them minus four against Philly. Dak is playing at an MVP level, 77.5% completion percentage through three weeks. I don't know. So, what, does that make, what does that make Kyler then? At an MVP level. Dak, okay. Dak's okay. up there. He'll be in there this coming Sunday, I'm sure. You think um, so? All my lessons learned will be covered in the picks to come, the previews to come for week four. So with that said, let's start with your card week four. Give me your biggest, most favorite pick of the week. Yeah. Um, one last other note. I got to say it. I got to okay. admit I was wrong here. Takeaway from last week. I was so wrong about the Bears, Nagy, and Fields. I really thought they would come out with a game plan. Justin Fields had like one pass attempt in the first half. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I don't know what is going on there. Matt Nagy being first coach fired looks like a damn good bet at this point. But to this week, so I'm starting it off with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know that they have not covered the spread in a while. I know there's a lot of people that are starting to be a little bit concerned. They might even be a team that we bring up in the panic button conversation here. But they're playing Philadelphia. They're in Philly. And they are a seven-point favorite. And I absolutely love it. I've got two units on the Chiefs. Philly ran the ball three, count them, three times against the Cowboys on Monday night. Two carries for Miles Sanders. Yeah, three carries. Now, Hurt scrambled nine times, but... Handing the ball off to a running back is a whole lot different than Hurts realizing, oh, shit, I got nothing downfield. The they, pocket's collapsing. I got to get out of here. They also flashed the time of possession at one point in the first half, and it was Dallas 18 minutes, Philly 3. So that didn't go their way. <laughs> Long story short, Philly sucks, okay? I had this theory and kind of thought you could be right about the game on Monday night because Atlanta really fucking sucks. Like Atlanta's really bad. So that and the week one, are worse. <laughs> yeah, like we haven't learned anything from Philly. Okay, like people were overreacting to week one. People were jumping on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. I think they stink. I think Kansas City comes out and blows them out of the freaking water. There is no way that Philly keeps this close. There will be no garbage time backdoor cover. Kansas City's going to come out with a statement game, and I can't believe it's only a seven-point margin. I I think this is Vegas overcorrecting to giving Kansas City too big of spreads for so many weeks in a row that didn't hit, where they thought, ah, you know, on the road in Philly, maybe we just give them a tutty this week. Maybe just a tutty. Lock this in now. I think this is going to move to eight or nine points by the time this game actually kicks off. How much do you have on it? Two units. Two of my remaining five, so I feel really good about it if that puts it in perspective. I like it. I would take Kansas City here as well. One and 12 against the spread in their last 13. This means they're due. This is the week that changes their 100% due. We'll talk about them in the panic button segment. I am on board with this pick. Okay. One other question I got for you. This Monday night football game kind of got me thinking, are we going to get to a point where somebody decides a team figures, you know what? We're just going to have our athletic quarterback be the only person who accounts for any rushing at all. We're going to go empty every single play. We are never going to hand the ball off. We're going to pass, 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 and then design runs sprinkled in here and there with our athletic QB, our Lamar, Josh Allen, or Jalen Hurts type of guy. Do you think that's the direction we're headed in? Like, is that possible? I think it's certainly possible. Maybe like... Maybe you see some option runs to the running back or something. 
But I think the main reason Philadelphia did that is because the game script went so heavily against them. They they right. needed that to throw true. their way back into it. Uh, but if any quarterback could do it, it's Trey Lance. That dude uh-huh, is a brick a wall. Point. He's a great runner, very fast. He's got a little prime Cam Newton in him uh, from a run perspective. So he'd be the Interesting. one. Interesting. Okay. I think it could happen at some point in the next five years think it could happen but what is your first bet this week where are we starting off here all right well i might as well start with the well that is the three and oh on the year two team two team six point teaser and we're going okay. three units yet again Ooh, okay the first leg is green bay minus half a point at home against the dusted big ben pittsburgh steelers man you really are fading ben I'm fading him hard. So here's why. Last week, the Steelers' NFL record 75 straight games with a sack streak was snapped against the lowly Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Really? Joe Burrow, they didn't have a single sack last not, week? Not a single sack. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt wow. were limited in practice today. Maybe they get one of those guys back and that makes a difference. But even without Bakhtiari, the Packers were able to block Bosa and Co. against the Niners. They had no problem scoring the ball, and that was on the road. So give me Green Bay. There is no way in hell the Steelers are going to be able to score enough points in Lambeau to keep up with an Aaron Rodgers who's got it figured out by now. Green Bay wins this game easily. Second leg, Tom Brady. Back in Foxborough. I hate both of these games. I'm not touching either with a 10-foot pole. Perfect, perfect. I got Tampa Bay minus one at New England all day. Brady's coming off a loss. Yes, him and Belichick both have institutional knowledge of each other, but I think that edge has to go to Brady. He will know how to prepare for this game, and we we saw Mac Jones struggle against the Saints. Now he loses his third down back in James White, who he was checking it down to a lot. He's a good pass blocker. That's a good point. Their offensive line has kind of struggled, and they're not going to be able to run the ball against Tampa Bay. So this is going to be really tough on Mac Jones. He doesn't have those playmakers on the edge. Tampa Bay will run away with this game. It might start slow and ugly. I disagree, man. I think this is one of the biggest rivalry that's not really a rivalry like personal vendetta media hype this might be one of the biggest games in a long time just from the storyline perspective of Brady returning home the beef with him and Belichick and everything maybe this is the Mac Jones breakout game where they come out with every stop McDaniels and Belichick are so freaking dialed in to beat Brady and prove that they made the right choice where I think New England actually has a chance to win this game because it almost feels like a can't lose from the perspective of if you start one and three and Tom Brady comes in and kicks your ass in Foxborough you're really in trouble you let Cam go. You said Mac was going to be the savior. You got the defense back. You're going to be fine. You're going right to be move. in the mix. I think it probably was too, but I don't know. Starting one and three and having Brady stick it to you in his former home at 44 years old can't feel very good and can't help with morale at all. So I think this stays close. 
I don't think there's any way where Tampa Bay blows them out just out of like a pettiness factor. I think it's going to be one of those weird games. It's in prime time. It's going to be good. I don't think there's any way we see a blowout. Now, I'm not going to touch the spread. I'm not even going to tease it. But if I were going to lean a certain way, I think what you're doing teasing Tampa Bay is the best move. Maybe teasing the Patriots points so you could almost get two touchdowns wouldn't be awful. But Mm. yeah, I think if you're going to make a bet on this, I like what you did. So I don't hate it. But I think this game in general, I just I get a a weird vibe that something funky is going to happen. And same thing with Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Former Super Bowl matchup. I know it's a decade later, but I think this is just one of those weird games for the Steelers that they can't lose if they want to compete this season. They're that would have be- been last week at home against the Bengals after losing at home the week before to the now, Raiders. One and two is not a big deal. Now, one and three, that's when it's like, okay, I'm starting to get kind of concerned. I think the Bengals game was one they were probably overlooking. I think it was kind of like a ah, division rival. We've it's been the big brother forever. Game. They should take what? care of business. They just lost at home the week before. What do you think the Bengals winning percentage is against the Steelers the last decade? It can't be any higher than 150 or 200. Like they're getting smacked every time they play them. And I think the Steelers walked into that game just thinking they'd roll them because they're the Steelers and they're playing the Bengals. And I think this week with Green Bay, they realize, holy shit, we are in trouble if we don't take care of business this week. And we got a real matchup. We got to come out firing with the best game plan. Now, Will what Big Ben be able to do anything? I don't know. I mean, Deontay's banged up. Juju's banged up. I don't love what they <laughs> have going offensive on. Offensive line stinks. Their offensive line does stink, but this game just gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I feel like something weird could happen. Okay, they beat Buffalo two weeks ago, so let's not get too deep into the Steelers haven't looked great the last two weeks. They're just going to suck the rest of the season narrative. I hear your sentiment on... The Bucks Patriots game. Okay. But Big Ben is done. Anyway, on the Bucks Pats, <laughs> Brady is pissed off after last week. For now, sure. Now he gets Antonio Brown back. There's no Stephon Gilmore to cover Mike Evans. He has all his weapons. Belichick let him walk because he didn't think he could get it done with him anymore. And then he went on to win a Super Bowl. You bet your ass Tom Brady is putting his foot on the gas through all four quarters. He wants to throttle this team. He's going to get a standing O before the game. Sure, great. Everyone's going to love it. They're going to roll the Patriots here. I just couldn't disagree more, man. I think you're really discrediting Belichick, and I know they didn't look great last week, but... This is the New England Patriots. Like there is a certain level of pride with them where they are not going to get blown out by Tom Brady. Bill Belichick will not let that happen. Okay. He will be on the field in the third quarter. if That's what it takes to not get blown out by Brady. He's going to have these guys ready to go. I really think this is a good game. Agree to disagree. Yeah. On to my next bet here. I think we could keep going back and forth on that one for a long time. Um, You know, I've got a two-unit teaser here also. Six points. um, Trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to be like Pete Mitch. I need to get back in the green here. Hey, it's good. I'm going to lose this some week. I just hope it's not this week because these look like layups. Maybe you lose it this week. I pick it up. You know, keep the legacy running here. Carry the torch. So first one, Rams versus Cardinals over 48 and a half. Mm. The Rams are averaging over 30 points a game. The Cardinals are averaging over 35 points a game. 
The Cardinals cannot stop anybody. They are a true shootout team, all right? They let Jacksonville hang, what, 19 on them, nearly 20? Probably should have been more than that. Well, one of those was a kick return. That is true. 12 points? Eh, you know, special teams. Trevor Lawrence stinks. It's a Jags. They suck. Bottom line, though, I mean, Kirk Cousins hung 30 up there. Now, Kirk is making me eat my words a little bit, and Minnesota looked pretty darn good this last week. They've got an interesting matchup with the Browns. I don't really have anything on there. But back to this Rams-Cardinals game. Bottom line, there's going to be a whole lot of points, okay? Cardinals can't stop Matt Stafford. There's no way. And I know this Rams defense is supposed to be one of the better defenses in the league. Sure, you can put Jalen Ramsey on DeAndre Hopkins, but that's not going to stop them. I know Aaron Donald might pressure Kyler, but Kyler's faster than Donald. Kyler can scramble like crazy, okay? Kyler is going to do Kyler things. He is going to make plays. You've got other guys like Christian Kirk. You've got guys like A.J. Green. Look at what he did last week. You were telling me he was Dunzo in a (laughs) non-factor. Rondell Moore has had moments. They've really got weapons on offense, and Connor has been a nice kind of change of pace with Edmonds. They're not a bad one-two punch. They're a competent backfield. I just think this offense scores points no matter who they play. I don't think they ever get in a defensive 10-7 to type of game. I just don't think it's going to happen. There's going to be points on the board every week. I love over 48.5 there. Second game, Titans at Jets. Titans minus one. This is a layup. I don't need to say anything more than King Henry. All right? King Henry, he will single-handedly beat the Jets. Yeah, okay. Zach Wilson will have a good game one of these weeks, but... Yeah, he's bound to, but still, I think Derrick Henry running all over the Jets is way more prominent and likely than Zach Wilson throwing it all over the Titans. Like, Even if Zach Wilson does throw for 325 yards and a couple touchdowns, I think Derrick Henry probably runs for damn near that much, if not more. Yeah, I have no value to add on that one. They should beat the Jets handily, even though it's in MetLife. Um, the Cards Rams. Uh, okay, Cards Rams, one of the marquee games of the weekend. At first, I was leaning Rams minus five here at home. They look the part, looking like the best team in the NFC. I'm but not touching after, it. I'm not touching right. the spread. After seeing McVeigh run up and down the sidelines. Clearly, that was his midseason Super Bowl last week, beating Tom Brady. And then on the other side, you have the Cardinals probably overlooking the Jags down in Jacksonville. So I think this could come down to the wire. I would lean the points in a teaser for sure. It's gone up to 55. So, I mean, that's a large number. But yeah, two explosive offenses. If the Rams do get up big, well, Kyler will rack it up in garbage time. We saw Brady right. throw for over 400 yards. I like this. One fantasy note, though. Rondell Moore, who yeah. we gassed up last week, played 12% of the first half snaps last week and ran around on only 13% of Kyler's dropbacks. Alarming. It's one week. It's one week. Maybe they didn't like what they had matchup-wise. 
Yeah, and he's not someone that I think is ready to be in your starting lineup consistently. Maybe if you have a really favorable matchup, but I think a lot of it is just going to be what they scheme up for that week. They might see something with the defense where there's a lot of opportunities to get Rondell more touches and they think he can make some big plays. Going into last week, maybe they thought it's Jacksonville. We keep it simple. We don't need too many gadget trick plays to beat them. Let's keep the Rondell stuff close to the chest. Let's not show everyone the weapon that we've got just yet and then another thing on that game last week with Jacksonville there were moments in the first half where I even texted you and was like shit maybe I was wrong about the Cardinals like maybe Jacksonville is gonna hang you, with it them. was a prove a game and then boom they had their moments where they just turn it back on and gas them back up and it's like okay Cardinals are fine they can go march down the field and score in 45 seconds if they want to like they're playing with their food before they eat it here that made me feel a lot better about them in the second half when they really turned it on Okay. I got nothing else. My next pick. Yeah. I got one unit on Detroit plus three at Chicago. I thought about this as well. I think they both suck. Might as well take the points. Right. So the Lions are two and one against the spread. They've looked like the better team through three games. Goff is the better quarterback in this matchup, regardless of who Matt Nagy's incompetent ass trots out there. True. Give me this Williams one-two punch. Those two guys in Hawkinson are moving the ball for the Lions despite not having nice weapons on the outside. Give me Detroit here. Backdoor cover is in play all game because Chicago won't be able to run up the board like someone like Green Bay can do. So... Yeah, Detroit Chicago plus three. Come on. Chicago doesn't score more than 17 points. So you're almost banking on right. Chicago just shutting out the Lions if you're going to bet on Chicago. So, yeah, I like that. And I think almost be the Ravens. The one two punch with Swift and Williams has really caught me off guard. I didn't want to touch either of them going into fantasy. I thought the Lions would be so awful they can't even move the ball, but they actually seem like one of those feisty bad teams that could beat anybody. Like If you think you're just going to walk in there and roll over them, Dan Campbell's going to be biting kneecaps off and might get a win. So I, I kind of like the Lions and think they might be a sneaky team to take the points on when they're given you know, three or five or seven against a team that's not that much better than them. So I like this move. Yes, sir. I think those guys are going to want to play for Dan Campbell more so than Matt Nagy's guys are going to want to play for him. That's facts. That's facts. And honestly, Jared Goff has not been that bad. I know some of it's garbage time stat accumulation, but I'll tell you this. I got him on the bench in half of my fantasy leagues and somebody is going to trade for him at some point. Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. Sean McVay was also playing Madden with him when they went to the Super Bowl. But um, all right, last bet here. Got the parlay. You know I got to stick with the parlay. Got one unit on it because that's all I got left in the bankroll for this Hell week. Yeah. So how many legs? It is, it is four legs. Now, Whoa. I almost kept it as a three-legger with three very heavy favorites and just put my entire bankroll on it. So tell me what you would have thought if I did do Chiefs minus 330 at Philly, Titans minus 340 at the Jets, Saints at home minus 360 versus the Giants. Would have been almost an even payout, but I thought about just putting five units on that right there. Figured it's can't lose games across the board, right? The Saints one would be the one that I would describe as hairy. That one made me the most nervous, but still, I looked into it and I was like, the Falcons just beat the Giants, okay? Like, yeah. the Falcons. 
also first game back in the Superdome. That yep. place is going to be raucous. Yep. Coming off a two touchdown victory over the Patriots. That has to be a nice confidence booster after a really questionable week two performance. So we've seen two good weeks of the Saints, one bad week. I kind of think that those two good weeks are really more of the norm and that one week where they just got crushed might be an outlier is this a money line parlay yeah money line parlay that's what it would have been it, it would have been like 50 to win 55 with Chiefs, those three titans saints i thought yeah. you had four legs i do see i was thinking about doing just those three and okay. then i've got my dog in here this is where i get the value this takes the payout from 10 to win 10 to 10 to win 49 mm. and that is panthers plus 175 oh at the Dallas gosh. Cowboys. This is going to be a game. I think people are riding a little too high on the Cowboys here. People love to bet on them. Vegas knows that they're going to get hit hard, so might as well take the value here. Take the Panthers. Yeah, people I feel like... also hate them, and they see that the Panthers are 3-0. and I could see them hopping on board there, too. Maybe so. It might be a trendy upset pick this week, but I think the line is going to move from four to four and a half or five. I mean, you made the case four and to a half me right now. It's see, it's already at four and a half. Earlier when I looked, it was at four. Uh, you made the case to me already. No McCaffrey, no CJ Horn. Maybe this is going to be a rough week for the Panthers, but I don't know, man. Sometimes you get the rookie running back in there, and I don't love Chuba. I'm going to put that on the record. I think he was good in college, but no, I'm serious. His last year, he didn't run the same way he did his Heisman candidate season where he was looking for contact. He was finishing runs, running people over. The last season, he was going down easier, didn't look like he wanted to initiate the contact. Kind of a little bit of what we see with Josh Jacobs. Like You see a guy come in fresh, and they're running people over. They've got that energy. Then after a couple seasons, it's like, man, my body hurts. I don't want to keep doing that, but my argument here, Chuba is fresh. He's a rookie. He's looked pretty good in what we've seen. I think we could get a couple good weeks of him where he's really energized. He wants that job. He wants to show people he's an NFL running back. He's running people over. He's catching passes. He's looking to initiate contact after the catch running downfield. I think he could have a good week and substitute into that McCaffrey role enough where they don't have to just throw the offensive game plan out the window and start from scratch. I think he can substitute for a couple weeks and they'll be okay. Now, the horn loss, yeah, that hurts. They're going to have trouble stopping the Cowboys receivers. Just going to be completely honest on that. But I think Carolina is still going to be able to move the ball. I like what I've seen from Darnold. And with those receivers there between Marshall, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore, someone's going to get open. I know Diggs has been good, but Diggs can't guard all three of them. <laughs> um, okay, I have a lot on this one. Yeah, I figured you would, so just hit me with it. So... Let's be clear. I'm a homer. I'm riding very high after that ass kicking from Monday night. As um, I'm sure you would be. Right. So the quarterbacks Carolina has faced this year include Zach Wilson in his first career start, famous Jameis, and Davis Mills in his first career start. So when they lose their number one corner in J.C. Horn, you mix him up with C.J. Henderson, who they just traded for from the Jaguars. Yeah, thank you there. Thank you for that correction. I just mixed two people together. I'm not expecting much from him in one week with the new team. Clearly, the Jags yeah, he'll, did not he'll be value a his services. You can't so, get brought up to speed in five days for a game. Right. Dak's playing out of his mind. The Panthers love to blitz. They're number one against the run so far. 
This game is going to look like the Tampa Bay game. Fire Amari and CD up and Pollard in your fantasy lineups. They're all going to have huge days. Zeke will be more quiet because Dak's going to be diagnosing the blitz. The tight ends will be in there helping pass block. Zeke's going to do a lot of pass blocking. Dak eats with those receivers. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I like the argument you make about the quarterbacks, but you look at what the Panthers did to Jameis, and then you look at what that Saints offense was does, the other two weeks. Who does Jameis have to throw the ball to other than Alvin Kamara? Sure, but that Saints offense had no problems moving the ball in Green Bay, and they had no problems moving the ball in New England. So Mac those Jones are two three picks. Okay, that's fine, but those Field are two pretty matters. competent. It does matter, but those are pretty competent teams. Okay, pretty freaking competent. Carolina <laughs> threw a prayer up into the end zone. I mean, hey, that was come sick. on, that was sick. Sean Carol- Payton even called him out for that. Carolina decimated the Saints. The Saints could do nothing. That is not a fluke. All right, that Carolina defense is legit. Now, is Minus the Cowboys' offense? Coaches. Is the Cowboys offense better than the Saints offense? Sure. But are the Cowboys a Super Bowl team? Fuck no. I'm going to end it right there. (laughs) I am not saying that. Um, One other thing. So DJ Moore has been Darnold's go-to guy. Yeah. I owe Trayvon Diggs an apology. Beginning of the year, I questioned whether or not he could be a You called him a two. You called him a two. I question whether or not he could be a true number one because he was getting picked on last year as a rookie. I should have just known. It's his rookie year. He'll get better. The man is a dog. Three picks through three games. He dominated Devontae Smith. I think DJ Moore has his quietest game of the year. Robbie Anderson, make or break it game for him. Just signed a three-year deal. He needs to step up. And without Christian McCaffrey, this offense is different. Yes, Hubbard is okay, but I'm expecting 80% CMC at best. If I were making a pick, though... Is CMC playing? No. If I were making a... Wait, okay, you you lost me. 80% Christian McCaffrey. He's 80% of the player. Okay, you're saying their offense is going to be like 80% of what it was with him. I was like, whoa, is CMC cleared to go? And he's like actually going to be at 80%? That changes everything. I'll be hammering the money line then. No, I just think this is a much different opponent than what they've seen. That offensive line isn't that great. Micah Parsons has been awesome. PFF's highest graded rookie, just throwing that out there. If I were making a pick, I would take over 50 and a half. Okay, I don't hate that. Also going to throw this out. Cowboys defense might be the worst the Panthers have played so far. I don't know. They're up there with the Texans. <laughs> I'm serious. Cowboys I've... defense still in very good. Lead the league takeaways. Yeah, that's not going to keep up. You can't keep relying on turnovers to get good field position and get it done. We could argue about this forever. Same way with the Brady, uh, Brady Patriot stuff. So let's go ahead and get to your last bet here and then get to the panic button. Okay, my last bet. That game deserved a nice preview. It's two and one, three and zero. Big spot. See, like, could these teams really make a playoff run type game? I think we kind of we get a much better idea of if either are real playoff threats here. Yeah, big learning game. So, last bet of the week. What do you got? All right, I'm going with a parlay. Haven't done one since week one. Right on. Plus eight ten odds here. Oh, okay. Starting with the Lions money line at Chicago. Double dipping on the Lions? You feel that good? Look, man, 
I can win my teaser and still come out positive on the week. So I'm playing with house money after last week. Let's just have some fun. Okay. Double dip on the Lions. Chiefs money line at Philly. They get back on track here. Yeah, Philly that's stinks. automatic. Automatic. Browns, Vikings over 51 and a half. Vikes are averaging 29 points a game. Browns averaging 30. As long as the Browns don't storm out to a big lead, which I don't expect on the road in Minnesota. Even if they do, Kirk will pick up the garbage time tutties like he always does. Right. So I think this overs in play. Last leg, Seahawks Niners over 52. The Seahawks have the 32 rated defense in the league so far. I don't care if Jimmy G's up and down. They were able to move the ball somewhat successfully against the Packers. Ayuk is back. The run game will get going. Let's go. 10 to win 81. I don't like that for a couple reasons. I like it all until you got to the Seahawks Niners over. That one, really, I don't like it because... Seahawks can't score in the second half. It's been a major problem. They, they may or not be one of my panic button teams. We, we might get there in a second, so I won't dive too deep here. But when you look at them not being able to score in the second half, and then you factor in San Francisco and how big of a question mark they are, are we going to see the San Francisco that we saw against Philly where they just put up like 17 points and that's all it's going to take? I just, I don't know what them. What are we going to get from Jimmy G? Like, do we actually think he could go put up 25 to 30 points? Seahawks, I think Seahawks have the, the worst here. defense in the league. Yeah, but you got to score in the second half. We'll see. That's yeah. definitely the leg I feel the worst about. But I mean, that's a hell of a payout. That is a hell of a payout. All right, let's recap the picks real quick, and then we'll get to the panic button. So first bet, Chiefs minus seven in Philly. Got two units on it. Second bet. Two-team teaser, 6.2 units on it. Rams and Cardinals over 48.5. Locked it in before that jumped up. And then Titans minus one. New York. In New York. And then my last leg, or last bet here, one-unit parlay, 10 to win 49. Chiefs money line, Titans money line, Saints money line, Panthers money line. Cash it. And I'm the one double dipping. <laughs> I double dipped on the locks, man. I double, actually, only double dipped on the Titans and Chiefs. I feel great about both those games. Only twice. great about it. All right, my picks: three unit, two team tease here. Green Bay minus half a point, home to the Steelers. Tom Brady minus one, returning to New England, getting it done. Mm-hmm. Next pick: one unit, Detroit plus three, the Lions cover. At Chicago, and then wrapping it up with a one unit plus eight ten parlay. Lions money line, Chiefs money line, Browns Vikings over, Seahawks Niners over. Russell Wilson, come on, man, he's got to step it up. Got to step it up. He's Play due. calling's got to be better. Pete Carroll's got to step it up. It's just eek, man, eek. They might be in trouble. But that is a perfect segue into the segment that we have got now, the panic button. So the way this works, Peter and I have a few teams for each other. We have made each other aware of who the teams are. We had a night to prep. So we're going to talk about our team, and then we're going to decide if we are pressing the panic button. There is no middle of the road. There's no, ah, maybe, maybe not. You're either pressing the button or you're not. So starting it off, the first team that Peter had for me was the Seattle Seahawks, and I just mentioned a lot of my concern 
They're one and two in the toughest division in football. They're giving up 26 points per game. Peter talked about how they're one of, if not the worst defense defenses in football. Guess how many points they are averaging in the second half of games. Just pick a number. Seven. Four. Whoa. <laughs> Four points per game in the second half. That stinks. Yeah, they've been outscored 26 to 13 in second halves, and the defense has played okay. They've stepped it up a little bit to make it not as bad. But, I mean, 13 points in the second half through three games, that's terrible. Do you that's have terrible. any intel on that? Are they run? Are they going run heavy? I think they're just getting outcoached. I think plain and simple, just getting out coached and not making adjustments at halftime. I think stuff's working in the first half and they're trying to stick with it and opposing teams are making adjustments and Pete Carroll's just getting out coached. I really do think that's what it is. I think maybe a little bit of it is having a new OC and coming in with a yeah. game plan. You got a good first quarter, you stick with it. Then all of a sudden the defense adjusts and you don't feel confident and comfortable making those switches mid game to kind of add new wrinkles, come up with new things, make the adjustments and really see what the defense is adjusting to and then figuring out a way to counter that adjustment and continue to get open looks get guys making plays downfield get russell wilson cooking because four points per game in the second half that's a major red flag so i am pressing the panic button for the seattle seahawks any other division i would not though yeah won their division last year in sole possession of last place currently that Tough. is that is alarming um I would say, no, we don't need to. But if their defense is going to play this piss poor in that division, yeah, no chance. Yeah, so you're with me pressing the I'm, panic button? I'm with you, pressing it. All right. First team for you. I gave you a few here. Where do you want to start? You take your pick. Uh, shoot. I mean, we touched on all three of them a little bit already. Let's start with the Steelers. Okay. I'm breaking the panic button with a hammer. Uh-oh. So, I don't know how many times I had to say Big Ben cannot quarterback a professional football team anymore. Their O-line is terrible. I saw a great tweet this week. Forgot who it was. They said drafting Najee Harris was like buying a shiny new sports car in a city full of potholes. It's true. They can't block for shit. Uh, he's been hitting the backfield on 70% of his carries, I believe. That's not going to get it done. Hey, at least Big Ben can check it down to him 15 times a game, though. Yeah, great if you're a fantasy owner. But uh, unless things change real quick, you know, they got Matt Canada as their new OC. Hasn't looked great thus far. But their next four games are at Green Bay, Broncos at home, Seahawks at home, at Ooh. the Browns. Oh, that they, could be four L's. They could start one and six. Oh, you know, maybe they pull one out oh. against Denver and Seattle. I think this franchise looks screwed. They have no succession plan in place. You and I both know Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins is not yeah. the answer. Neither one of those guys work. wants to be the answer. I don't know about that. They might want to be, but they damn sure don't have what it takes to be. Right. Um, looking at the 2022 free agent class, Teddy Bridgewater to Rod Taylor, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis, Fitzpatrick. Fitz, that might work. That's a bunch a bunch of gap bridgers, but none of those guys are taking them deep in the playoffs. And then you look at the 
prospects coming in, this class is full of a bunch of question marks. Rattler, we we know he's not touching him with a ten foot pole. <laughs> right, Sam Howell in UNC, they've struggled this year. Just got beat by Georgia Tech. Malik mm-hmm. Willis, the Liberty QB, a lot of people like him, dual threat guy. Matt Corral, Ole Miss. I like him, but need to see more. I mean, we'll right. we'll get a much better idea on him after this weekend against Alabama. Right, and then Carson Strong out of Nevada is another guy, but none of these dudes get me excited. The only way I see this team really turning it around is if some way they can they trade for Deshaun Watson. That or Aaron Rodgers. But Ooh, mid-season? No, off-season. Oh, off-season. Okay, 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 gotcha. Either one, fine, that'd be awesome. But can they address the O-line and quarterback in one off-season? That's too much to ask. The Steelers are screwed for a couple years to come now. Yeah, they might be in trouble. They might be in trouble. Strange you mentioned that times. tweet you saw. Did you see the tweet in black and white with the filters on it of Big Ben's low lights yeah. from last week? And it yes. said, can you imagine this quarterback trying to play in this era? And I was I was dying. Yeah, I think that was Steven Ruiz. Of the I Ringer. was dying. That was pretty good. All right. Next team I've got from you here, the Atlanta Falcons. I think I've been pretty clear on how I feel <laughs> about the Falcons. Now, the expectations we're a whole lot lower going into the year than the Seahawks. So this changes the context of the panic button a little bit, but I'm still spamming this thing, man. I'm, I'm spamming the shit out of the panic button because Good. you bring in this offensive guru, this red zone mastermind who look what he did with John Smith. He's going to make Kyle Pitts, the hall of fame tight end. The dude's got what? 11 receptions for 139 yards through three games. Didn't have a target in the first half last week. Darren Waller damn near does that in one game. 11 receptions for 139. They didn't even have him in at the goal line. It was Ridley, Zacchaeus, and Russell Gage, I think. I'm like, what are we doing here? Atlanta stinks, all right? I don't even have any deep analysis here. They are going to be lucky to squeak out wins against the bottom barrel teams. It's time for Matt Ryan to retire. I don't know what people watched the last two seasons thinking that he had more left in the tank. I think maybe they just looked at the box scores because Atlanta sucked so bad and was always out of games by halftime that they just never watched him. And so then they look and be like, oh, Matt Ryan threw for 325 yards today. Yeah, buddy, sick. 225 of those came in garbage time when they were down by three scores. So who gives a damn? I just don't understand. it. I don't get what anybody could see here with the Falcons that would make them feel good. I think this franchise is in deep, deep doo-doo, more so than the Steelers, like you were just saying. I mean, the Steelers at least have a defense. Atlanta doesn't have anything. Like, what, you've got one receiver in Calvin Ridley that you feel good about and now a tight end that you think could be really good, but you're still not getting a ton of production from in pits? Other than that, what are you excited about? Like, what, Cordell Patterson? Because he's been a good fantasy option? Like, what else is there to be excited about in Atlanta? You hit it on the head, dude. Their roster stinks. Their offensive line is bad. I kind of like the football team as a money line pick this week. I kind of do, too. Yeah, they don't have any good running backs. Cordero, sure, whatever. Um, O-line, <laughs> defense, like, who can you name on the defense? Literally, I was about to say, I'm not sure I could name, I don't even know if I could name a single player. That's how little I watch the Falcons and how little talent they have. <laughs> Grady Jarrett is a good D-lineman. 
Uh, Dante Fowler, we know him. He's been up and down throughout his career. AJ Terrell, second-year guy out of Clemson. Well, now you're just looking at the roster naming off players. Those are the only three dudes I really know anything about. Uh, Dude, they are a dumpster fire. A wasteland. Let's give Arthur Smith a few years, but the Steelers... Yeah, I'm I'm not ready to fire him yet, but... Even if he were to no, turn dude, it around and be getting more going offensively, maybe he does get more production out of pits. They're still not going to win very many games. Yeah, their previous GM, Thomas Dimitrov, did not leave them with much, and their cap situation stinks as well. So I'm with you. I've, I've also heard some stuff over the years about Arthur Smith there as an owner. Um, not Arthur, Arthur Smith. Blank. Arthur Blank, excuse me. I've heard kind of mixed things about him and that he is not the best owner in terms of letting GMs do their job. And I think he's maybe got a little bit of Jerry Jones in him where he kind of hinders the team with wanting to be too involved potentially. <laughs> Jerry but... is the GM. <laughs> Jerry thinks he's a lot of things. I guess he technically is the GM, but dude, uh, dude needs to retire and sell the team. Um, okay. What is the next, what is the next panic button team you've got here? And are you pressing it? Okay. This is a quick one. It's my hometown team, the Kansas city chiefs. We're throwing the panic button in the trash. We don't need to worry about that. Okay. This is the youngest roster in the league. Three rookies on the O-line who are all improving. Trey Smith, by the way, top 10 in pass block win rate and run block win rate so far. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, this team could easily be 3-0 and if they limit the turnovers against the Ravens and the Chargers. Yeah. The only reason to stay concerned would be if those persist. Mahomes needs to take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. better than he has two really bad interceptions the last I mean, couple weeks. You had the one interception in the Ravens game. You had the one interception in the Chargers game in the second half. And then you have the two Clyde fumbles, you know, one each week. Like those those four turnovers right there are what's keeping them from being 3-0. and Well, that and I, I think it's fair to knock him for the no-look thing. Like he could have hit Marcus Kemp in stride. No, you got to catch that ball. That's, yes. that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. You can't knock him for putting it that close to being on the money. Like that you throw should. couldn't have been a ton better. He should have caught it, but it was behind him. It could have been on the money. There was nobody in the middle of the field <laughs> whatsoever. He gets an easy first down if he just completes that. Um, you and me could have caught that ball. Like I don't have a problem with that throw because literally anybody could have caught that. Not the point. Mahomes needs to clean it up a little bit. Um, I liked that they went back to Clyde. He ran for 100 yards against the Chargers. Um, And then the last note, they're playing without Frank Clark and Willie Gay, who I know from close sources, Willie Gay is bound for a much bigger year. He's glad to have the monkey off his back and not be a rookie. I think once they get those guys back, they'll improve. Nothing to worry about. They got a great leader in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Chris Jones is in a new position too. So it's not like they've just got the super seamless transition and they they returned everybody from the Super Bowl team like Tampa Bay did. You know, there's a little bit of stuff going on there, but it maybe maybe we see him, you know, back up the middle a little bit more once Frank gets back. So we'll see. Not concerned. Okay. Third team I've got here that you've assigned me, the Indianapolis Colts, who are 0-3, 
part of me wants to press the panic button, but I'm not gonna. I'm not really? gonna push it. This seems crazy. I know this is the 0 and 3 team, and the other two are just one and two. But the thing is, this division isn't that stout. All right. Mm. The only team they're looking at here is the Titans. So there's a chance that maybe even like eight and nine gets you in the playoffs or nine and eight. So yes, the fact that they haven't won is kind of concerning, but they have been in their games. It's not like they're just getting rolled every single week. Like the Packers did week one against the saints. You know, there aren't these 25, 30 point blowouts. And also Carson Wentz is yet to be healthy for a single game. So yeah, that's a little bit concerning, Maybe he ends up back on the IR, but if he does get healthy, the offense will get better. They should get T.Y. Hilton back at some point. They've still had injury issues with the offensive line. We had Quentin Nelson go out this last week with an ankle injury. He's probably going to miss this next week, but I think that as they get Nelson back, they have Eric Fisher there. Wentz is healthy. They start to get a rapport built with that offense. They get T.Y. Hilton back. They've got some weapons. They've got a pretty nice running back group. I know Marlon Mack wants a trade, but I mean, whatever. Even if, you just got, even if you just got Hines and Taylor, that's still solid. And you've got Pittman, who's coming on really strong and looking like a number one. Get T.Y. Hilton back as a number two. And then all of a sudden, Mo Alley-Cox at tight end doing a little bit. Like, the offense isn't terrible, and we know that this is a pretty solid defense. They're definitely not a bad defense. Probably in the top 15, top four, somewhere between top 10 and 15 in the league. They're competent, okay? All around, they're pretty competent. They are not going to lose more than nine games. So for that reason, I'm not pressing the panic button. And I think at some point, they get back on track. We both predicted a slow start for them. So this is no surprise. They're 0-3, being completely honest. That is an interesting take. Um, I think you got to press it on this season. Here's why. Okay. The Carson Wentz trade wrinkle is huge. The Colts will lose their first round pick if he plays 75% of their snaps or if he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. So if the Colts don't win three out of the next four, three out of the next five, whatever. You think they're just going to go full tank mode and make sure they keep that pick? They should tank and keep that pick because, like you said, they do have some nice pieces. I don't think they're too far off from being a contender. I agree. I'm looking at their schedule. So they got the Dolphins this week, Ravens next week, Texans, 49ers, and then, you know, Titans, Jets, Jags. Theoretically, they could beat all of those teams. They're they're all beatable. And then end of the season... Their last games here, they go Texans, Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders, Jags. I think they can win three or four of those. I think they can get back to 500 or above. I mean, just looking right now, they got the Texans twice, okay? That's two wins. They got the Jags twice. That's two wins. You're at four wins right there. You got the Jets. That's a fifth win, okay? You were at five wins right there. Now you just got to beat a couple decent teams. Maybe you get the Titans once or you beat the Patriots. Then all of a sudden, you're damn near back at 500. Yeah, it's it's possible. I think they'll get better as the season goes on. I still like Frank Reich. I'm not out on him yet. If they do tank, though, I want to see Sam Ellinger out there. <laughs> Gunslinger. 
yeah, I'd rather see him than Eason or whoever it was, the old Green Bay quarterback that they brought in. I can't right. even think of his name. Kaiser? Is that right? No, it wasn't Kaiser. It was... It doesn't um, even matter. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. It, <laughs> it was the UCLA guy. Uh, UCLA guy. Brett Hundley. That's who it is. Ah, oh, Hundley. Okay. Nice. All right. My last team is the New England Patriots. And I'm pressing the panic button. Ooh, okay. So, man, I think they have an outside shot of a wild card. They don't have Stephon Gilmore, and their next six games include the Bucks, the Texans. They could win that one. The Cowboys they should win that one. The Cowboys, the Jets should win. The ch- at the Chargers, at the Panthers, and then the Browns. None of those terrify me, though. Like, those are all winnable games. I mean, other than Tampa Bay, that's the toughest one. And then the rest, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they got hot and won four or five in a row. Very well. But they could just as easily be three and seven through 10 games. That's true. That is true. And that is a tough scene. I thought their offensive line would be better. I do think the James White injury is a big deal. He's out for the year now. Um, You know, Belichick, it's weird with him and running backs. He has to find someone he can trust. Probably not going to be the rookie Ramondre Stevenson. We'll see about Damian Harris, but boy, they need better playmakers out there. The tight ends need to get it going. They haven't yet. I'm no, it's cons- been so disappointing. I mean, the money that they spent on the tight ends in Aguilar and the lack of right. production, it really brings a lot of validity to the people that were saying Bill Belichick doesn't know what he's doing. Like, what the F? Like, why are you spending all this money on guys that aren't that good? So kind of surprises me. After week one, you know, they looked a little feisty. The tight ends, Aguilar kind of had decent games. And I was thinking, man, maybe, you know, maybe Bill still got it. But eh, you're, you're right. There is some cause for concern here. Yeah, it's early, like, I thought maybe they make the playoffs, but they were never going to win the Super Bowl or anything. Don't tell Bill that. He hadn't given up yet. Um, it's it's a tough look for them, and I think they're going to get blown out Sunday night. So we're really going to be panicking on the Patriots. All right. Well, I don't think they get blown out, but we don't have to go back to that one because we might spend a whole lot more time here. Uh, before we get out of here, you got any final thoughts, any other big notes, takeaways as we get into week four? Um, well, before we do Thursday night football picks, I guess we could yeah, talk about Thursday night. Well, this Ravens Broncos game. That is true. It's a pretty intriguing matchup and I don't really know what to make of it because Ravens look bad last week. They nearly lose to Detroit if it wasn't for the freaking miracle from potentially the greatest kicker ever in Justin Tucker. But part of me feels like they're kind of due for a bounce back game. But at the same time, I like what the Broncos got. So I'm just flat out staying away from this one. But I think it's going to be a really telling matchup. Yeah, Denver's a one point favorite right now. Over under is 44 and a half. I'm staying away. If I were making a pick, I would lean Ravens money line. The Broncos opponents are 0 and 9 through three weeks. They played the Giants, the Jags and the Jets. I know they're at home in Denver. They also just lost KJ Hamler. Now it's just a Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and the mm-hmm. RB show. Maybe Noah Fan. Noah Fan. Alberto. Alberto. Yeah, yeah. But still, this Ravens defense 
is much better than what they've seen. I think Lamar, who leads the league in yards per completion and yards per rush, I think that's that's, that's what the problem is going to be for Denver is Lamar. You know, you're not stopping Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. It's a whole different ball game. So yeah. I think it comes down to Lamar. You're really starting to sell me on the Ravens, but I think he's going to be the key. Like the Ravens defense, eh, I think it's about average this year. I don't think they're going to be able to flat out stop the Broncos or anything like that. But flip the script, I don't think the Broncos can stop Lamar. Yeah, and Bridgewater, he's been good, but he's not going to light the world on fire here. He's got two possession receivers, not after-the-catch guys. It's going to take big games from Fant, Javante, and Melvin Gordon. Um, Give me the Ravens. Let's go. AFC West needs to settle down a little bit so the Chiefs can climb back up the standings. (laughs) No joke. No joke. All right, let's touch on Thursday Night Football and then get out of here. So, Not the best matchup in the world here. We got Joe Burrow playing against Trevor Lawrence. The Bengals are at home. They're 2-1. and I made some future bets before the season with pretty good odds for the Bengals to make the playoffs. You were defending the the Steelers pretty hard earlier, despite all your Bengals love coming in here. I know, I know, I know. This game, since he's a a 7.5-point favorite, over-under is 46 I don't really like that line being past seven. I, I, for whatever reason, I think the Jags are due for a close game. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they might kind of hang around. If anything, I take over 46. I think both teams put up points and neither defense is really anything to brag about. You got to go ATS. So where are you going with it? Screw it. Give me the Bengals minus seven and a half. I can't take Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) I don't love it either. Give me the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase all have good fantasy days. Again, no T Higgins this week. Um, But the Bengals defensive unit is kind of solid this year. They got a good pass rush. They might be without Jesse Bates or safety. But Urban Meyer on a short week coaching his fourth NFL game, no chance. Give me the I don't know. Here's here's the thing. I heard the argument, though. So (laughs) Urban Meyer is always unprepared. So instead of giving seven days to the opponent to be that much more prepared than Jacksonville, (laughs) they only get four this week. So it should be a closer game. So Zach Taylor's limited time will hinder him and help Urban. Exactly. He won't get as much of an edge of a better game plan than Urban will have. That's a hell of a take. <laughs> All right. We're both two and one on our Thursday night spread pick. So let's move it to three and one this week and then let's get out of here. Y'all know the drill. Give us that five star rating. We will be back on Sunday with some college football takeaways, a little NFL in there, all kinds of good stuff. Got a wedding this weekend. We'll see how I'm doing Sunday night. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe it'll be Monday. Maybe it'll be Monday. TBD. Pod will be out beginning of the week regardless. (laughs) Peace.